0: You've just been hearing from Mel DiZeldi and Chris DiZeldi, and we heard about how they got together as I introduce you to these incredible people. And in 2017, she started a fight against cancer, and then in January of 2021, it was motor neuron disease. Um, and she isn't scared, you know, despite all of her illness. She's an amazingly positive woman. Um But then... When I sort of turned to her partner, Chris DiZeldi, who, of course, you know, some of you will remember his name and, and his voice from being an announcer here at Mix. Um, and then what they have had to go through will actually make your blood boil. And this is the red tape that's stopping Mel from getting back into her own home. Anyway, let's pick it up from where I've just spoken to Mel about how scared she might be feeling. And I will put the same question to Chris. <laughs>
1: I guess one of the scariest things for me has been those times when Mel has had a fall and most people think of a fall as, you know, you trip over, you pick yourself up, dust yourself off and away you go. With the MND, Mel has no core strength or leg strength or arm strength. So if she falls, she can be on the ground until the ambulance gets there uh, an hour later. And that's what happened recently when she unfortunately broke her ankle.
0: And that's what's got you here at Mary Potter Hospice, isn't it? So we're trying to get that leg better and the complication to that is it's going to take enough. Number of more weeks, and during that time, you don't know what happens and how the MND has progressively affected your other leg.
2: Yeah, that's right. And the cancer, we've had to stop the treatment, so that's grown. And I can't get in and out of my house, so I've got nowhere
0: else to be. You've been trapped in two rooms of your house because it's just not an accessible house and now you're in a chair. How long has that been going on?
2: I fell down the stairs on December the 28th. I haven't been up
0: there since. And so you're basically in those only two. Mm -hmm. And you want to get out of here, right? The whole idea is you're getting out of here, as much as we love the staff and the people who are here, but you want to go home.
2: I want to be with my family and my dogs, you know, and have a happy rest of my days, mm-hmm. quality of
0: life. So Chris, what do we need to do to make that possible because this was the thing that surprised me. I just happened to pick up the phone to you and that was the day that the NDIS has said, no, we're not going to be able to pay for the modifications that you'd gone and checked out in and around the ho- the home. So what has to happen?
1: Yeah, look, that was a, a real uh, shock for us, I guess, because we'd had a year of people coming in and, you know, uh, therapists and, and builders and designers and architects to look at what could be done to, to help the situation. And, you know, that was an ordeal in itself, in a way.
0: Yeah. Um, and anyone who's had to deal with the NDIS and everything else is so hard, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
1: and we've waited uh, two years now for Mel to get a wheelchair, which she's been measured for twice. The decision from the NDIS was to yes approve the wheelchair but um, not go forward with any home modifications at all.
0: So essentially you have a wheelchair, but you can't get it into your home because there are stairs to anywhere else in the house?
1: Yeah, there's there's no way to get it into the house. We I don't know, what are we supposed to do? Park it in the street? Mm. Um, it's
0: madness. And
1: mm. it does, it's you know, it has all the logic of a doorknob <laughs> it's just like you just look at it and go, well, what what were you thinking? Yeah. And
2: no. I can't even stand up anymore, and so I'm bedridden. Mm-hmm. Which will be amazing. I'll be able, to, you know, go on outing, have a cup of coffee with a friend, yeah. go to the beach or something, you know.
0: And so you've got that wheelchair, but essentially you can't access it, use it and live with it because of your house itself. Yeah, we haven't got it yet, but apparently
2: it's coming. (laughs)
1: The the solution from the NDIS was to move, to move to another house.
0: So the solution was to do one of the top three most stressful things you can do in your life Mm -hmm. in this time that is really tricky for you as opposed to being going home and spending your time at a place that you have grown and loved and are around the people and support network that you've got.
1: Yeah, Yeah. a a place we got together and and filled, you know, with love and and three dogs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now it's just me and the
0: dogs. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty tough, yeah? Um, And since having that conversation, Sorry. (laughs) Since having that conversation, it is amazing to me. And the NDIS exists and it should exist in its current form, right? Because what it does is it gives people that need it um, the power of self-determination. So they can actually choose the therapies that access the help that they need. But when you see this type of decision made, it's no wonder that it's so stressful and upsetting and frustrating for the people within it. And since having that conversation, I've spoken to a lot of people that I know in the disability space um, and they say, yeah, we hear it all the time. We hear stuff like this all the time. This system is actually, should exist, but so overloaded. And God, have you seen the scams that have been going on? People that are starting up companies just to basically get money from people and everything else. There has to be something that we can do to help, and I know people listening to this. You're probably already thinking, "Wow, you know, what what can I do?" Um, So stick with us, and we'll continue to have this conversation throughout the morning.